So a crazy thing happened today. There's a little schedule change at work, and I I got up at 6 a.m. to go in to open uh, open the sandwich shop, and I was in there for about 45 minutes before I realized the schedule had changed and I didn't have to be there. So I waited till the other manager got in, and then uh, now I'm I'm off until later in the afternoon. So I'm going out here to the Forestville Trailhead. And um, I got a buddy, RJ, who lives out in Forestville, but um, I've never uh, I've never done the, the proper uh, trail, so I'm just going to go exploring a little bit this morning since I've got some time, and I'm already awake, and I've had some coffee, and uh, I'll see you guys on the trail. So I guess I passed the, uh, the trailhead, so i got to circle back, but something interesting, I've never been this far down this road before. Um, that's why this is good, because I can do some exploring. So I, I approached the um, McClure Hydroelectric Project. It's like this uh, hydroelectric plant down there. And there's uh, so much tumbling water over there. It makes, uh, makes sense. It's, it seems like a good place to put a hydroelectric plant, too. Because there's so much raw energy just waiting to be turned into something useful for the man, and I don't know if, I guess that's the southern end of the, south end of the McClure Basin that flows out of there, there's a hill and, um, a dam, I guess, got a couple of friends who bought this big old house out, out on, uh, on the McClure Basin, they're turning into this giant Airbnb that you can only rent for like a week at a time. And uh, that's something I'd like to go up there with a kayak sometime this summer, maybe. Just piddle around the uh, piddle around the basin up there. We'll see. So I'm out here down by the water, finally, just parked. I guess this uh, McClure, or excuse me, this uh, Forestville Basin um, has this uh, has this trailhead at it with a little tiny boat ramp into the water. And um, this probably fills up in the summer, but right now at 6.45 in the morning on a gray day early in spring where it's like only maybe in the mid-40s or something, there's nobody down here. So I'm walking down this boat ramp right to the water just to check it out because um, the water's moving nice and uh, nice and steady, but it's very calm. There are some water droplets falling from the sky, landing in the water. All these rivers out, out here in, uh, in the UP have this sort of um, reddish tint to them. I guess that's because of the iron content in the water. It's famous. It's iron country up here. Copper country, iron, iron ore. So all the rivers kind of look like this. It's very beautiful out this morning. You can probably hear the birds and the insects calling. I'm gonna walk back the direction I came here real quick and try to hop on the trail. Just do some exploring. Maybe I'll see a deer or a wild turkey. Let's go check it out.
I'm walking along this early part of the trail and uh, there's a couple of rock outcroppings poking out, jutting out into the river here. I've always loved trails and uh, paths that go right along a body of uh, moving water. There's some Edies swirling around down here at this little uh, junction that I'm at where the river turns. The main moving flowing part of the river is maybe about I don't know, 20 feet out, but this uh, area that I'm kind of crouched next to right now is pretty calm. And uh, the, the whole thing about paths running next to, like, right along next to uh, moving bodies of water is, like, uh, something I'm always drawn right to. So I'm, I'm glad I discovered this this morning. This is a part of a uh, pretty near town that I've never seen before. Um, but there is plenty of that in the UP. Hold on a sec, I think I just caught a whiff of a skunk. So who knows, maybe I'll get sprayed by a skunk this morning, that would be sweet. Mary wouldn't like it. <laughs> nice morning. Here's something I'm noticing about this, uh, this trail over here, is that there's a good amount of, uh, first of all, the trail's not very well kept, so maybe I was mistaken about, um, about it being real crowded down here or something. There's plenty of water in the path that I'm having to walk around and lots of uh, felled trees and dead branches and stuff on the trail. So um, I guess this is a little more out of the way spot, but there's a lot of um, cedar cedar trees right down here next to the water. This one in particular has, you know, looks like it's old. It's pretty big. At the trunk it's connected, but right maybe five feet off the ground it start, breaks off into about three or four different main trunks and it's got this shaggy bark you know I really like these uh, trees and if you cut them open of course they smell famously good well I guess this would kind of explain why uh, the trail so full of water I'm standing again at the edge of the at the edge of the river and across the river just where the just where it bends, um, snagged on a branch that's hanging probably six feet off of the uh, off of the river. There's a an artic some article of clothing. I don't know if it's or a towel, maybe something hanging up there that looks like it got snagged. Apparently, uh, the water was rushing that high enough to catch something that was floating by in the stream. So that must have been recently because everything around here looks pretty flattened. Like it does when you get a really rapid, huge amount of water rushing through. Power of water is uh, is something you don't want to mess with, you know, too much. I think pe people underestimate it, but if you've ever if you've ever grown up by or spent enough time by like a river or a creek when it floods in the spring, like I did, growing up in Indiana, there were a couple of creeks that converged close to my house and man you could sometimes you could see see them from real far away um, when they uh, when they got swollen and and uh, it's a pretty destructive force to be honest it's pretty amazing you got to treat fast moving water with respect you can't 
think you're going to jump in it. And, uh, pay no consequences, you know, give you a respect for it. So I sort of lost the trail there for a minute, right next to the river, and I had to look around for a bit to pick it up again. And it turns out it's a real tiny one that runs up a steep hill, and now that you can probably hear that the river is a little more distant. And um, I'm up along this ridge, probably about, I don't know, 75 feet above the river now, looking down onto it. And the path is apparently going to take me a little further away from the water, which, you know, I like being down there, but this is okay. We'll check out what's up here. The, the path is pretty um, rugged, lots of uh, rocks and roots sticking out of it. And it's, it's, uh... It's small, thin at some points, and there's a lot of mud out here. But um, I'm gonna keep walking it, and looks like maybe there's some bike tracks here. So maybe this is a bike trail, and it's commonly known, but I'm just discovering it for the first time. But up the hill we go. So now I'm almost completely out of earshot of the river. This trail is very small but well worn so I'm kind of getting the impression I mean I'm no tracker or anything but I'm kind of getting the impression that um, this may have been a popular uh, trail to walk or ride at some point um, but now it seems like it's kind of in disrepair maybe it's just a seasonal thing but it looks like there hasn't been there, there haven't been many people out here lately um, now I'm coming up to one of these uh, one of these um, little wooden bridges that they put across these ravines for I, I guess for people to ride bikes on. So I, I'm, I'm, yeah, I guess this is a bike trail because I'm seeing more tracks and stuff now. But the bridge is in quite a state of disrepair. I don't know why I'm talking so quiet. <laughs> it doesn't really make sense. I'm the only one out here, but maybe it, it's just a I don't want to particularly dis scare up any, uh, startle any, uh, big animal that might eat me. <laughs> anyway, I'm walking across this bridge now. It's a little rickety. There are a couple of boards missing, which, which kind of, um, keeps the impression going that maybe this, this, uh, this trail hasn't been kept up in a while. There are signs of people being out here, but I'm sure it's probably like, you know, a handful of people that know about this trail that come ride it from time to time. It's not it's not as well worn like your uh your uh you know some of the more popular ones around here, like the Nequanamon um uh trail system or something. It's a little more run down out here. But it's cool. I like I like finding stuff like this because um, you're uh, you know you feel a little closer to the edge of uh, you know on the outskirts of civilization than than you would if you're somewhere else. And this trail is kind of like leading at this point. It looks like 
sort of back to the road, but um, I did drive down a little distance before I got down to that parking lot next to the water where I first got out of the van. So we'll see where it goes. We've now kind of reached this part where it's like an open glen sort of thing. A lot of birch trees. Um, a lot of low to the ground uh, green growth. It's that part of spring. A lot of fallen birch trees, so it has a sort of eerie appearance, especially on a, a gray morning like today where the white birch bark is like really standing out in this little stand of trees here, this open area. I'm gonna keep following the trail and see where it goes. Like most places out here in the wild UP, particularly closer to the uh, to the big bodies of water, there's a lot of moss out here on this trail. Um, and something interesting is that the, the ground, uh, a lot, and there's uh, big patches of sand too along the trail where um, you're, you're walking through, you know, just real sandy ground. But there's also a lot of really dark soil every once in a while, and I don't know exactly what that's due to. It's so dark that it almost looks like part of the trail was burnt or something. But I don't know if that's just due to <clears throat> the particular type of flora around here and what ends up being, you know, the, the ground. Now this trail that I was on through that open area I was just describing came out to, uh, it's going up this ridge and like that open area is like kind of like in a bowl shape almost. There's like this, I don't know, 15 to 30 foot um, rock ridge that kind of encloses part of it and the trail, we're about to reach the road and the trail circled back around and I'm ascending this hill and it looks like the trail's gonna have me scamper up this uh, part of this rock face here. It's a nice morning to be walking. It's a little chilly, but uh, once you get going, uh, your body temp goes up and that helps. I'm drinking some of this uh, Califia cold brew made with almond milk. It's like coffee. Took that with me to work, but ha, didn't have to go to work. So now, now I'm walking on a trail. All right, I'm at this patch now. This sort of interesting thing is happening with the, um, there's such a wide variance of, as I'm looking around, there's such a wide variance of uh, conifer stuff sprouting out of the ground. Some of it's that sort of short to medium needle thing with like long wispy branches. And then some of these have super long needles, like a like an actual, fir tree or whatever. Um, there's just probably like, as I'm looking around, it seems like there's eight or nine different varieties of of evergreen. Some of it's, I don't know if cedar's classified as evergreen. It sure seems like it, because it's got those, they're not needles exactly, but they're, so maybe a tree expert who's listening to this can, can give me the lowdown on on the broad classifications of trees, but it's interesting. Seems like a whole bunch of different types of this stuff all crammed into one tiny little space and makes you wonder how and why exactly that happened. Anyway. 
So I guess this is uh, evidence of the non-use of this trail. I just stumbled upon a uh, remainder of a six-pack of Coors, I guess it is. What am I looking at here? Strohs, maybe. Yeah, Strohs. Oh, there's some blue ribbon, too. Just a bunch of old cans of beer with those um, older style of um, tab tops. I guess, um, I don't know, I guess I'll have to look at what year they stopped making them like that to place them in time, but they're all rusted out. Maybe John Bloom could tell me something about cans. He seems to find stuff like that all the time. He's one of those forager guys, too. So I'm at this part of the trail where it's like pretty broad, just a straight line. I had the decision to go left or right on it. Right went down this hill, kind of back in the direction I came from, and left uh, is a straightaway toward, I don't know, I guess back maybe toward the road. I'm seeing through some trees here. There's another part of this path or trail. But this part of the trail is like wider. Looks like you could almost drive a Jeep down it or something, though it it's, seems like a long time since anything like that's happened. On account of all these old, old beer cans I found, I found a, you know, I thought it was a six pack, and now there's, now I'm seeing there's a whole bunch of them all over the place over here. Some of them are, maybe this one's a coffee can or something. <laughs> and, <clears throat> Looks like a tree grew around it, and it's wedged into the tree. Some more beer cans. Someone was having a good time out here at some point. This was the spot. Spot to be on a Friday night, you know? Just out in the <laughs> boondocks. These cool old beer cans. I don't know what I'd do with them, but they're, they're rusty, but they're kind of in good shape. Maybe I'll put some pictures of them on the attached to the blog post. I think I should, I think um, one idea I've been turning over in my mind is to start a blog, a blog post where I post the SoundCloud um, of the, of this episode, of the podcast, and then I also attach pictures that I take um, to the blog post so you can kind of get a clearer picture of what these hikes are like. Okay, so it's that time of year where we're just starting to see some uh, ferns pop up and begin to kind of unfurl these like fiddle, I think they're called fiddlehead ferns. There's, if you, I think it's usually like maybe the first or second week of June. If you walk out in these woods, certain areas will just be waist, waist deep ferns for as far as the eye can see. And it sort of tempts you to wade through them, but they're infamous for being full of ticks so if you take your dog out and he goes running through those fields of ferns that you can find in the forest out here you gotta always check them for ticks afterwards those little bastards but it is a really a sight to behold I've never seen so many ferns you know all in one place as as I have before I moved here or since I moved here to the the UP. Okay, so now I'm on, I've reached this sort of two track. It's got an actual uh, 
road sign on it, so I think we've kind of got as far this direction as uh, as is interesting to me, at least in the moment. I can see the trail kind of extends on the other side of this this dirt track here. It looks like cars have been down it, like or or at least those side by sides. Um, so I'm gonna head back the other direction and go down that big hill I was talking about. Man, more look at this, more beer cans with those tab open tops. These ones are Budweiser. Wait, one of them, yeah, these ones are Budweiser. King of beers. So many of these out here. I guess I guess back in the 80s or whatever, this used to be a wild place to hang out. <laughs> Seems like it's been a while. Okay, so I followed that one trail back down, down the hill, kind of closer to the sound of the river again. You can hear... You can hear uh, the river probably off in the distance. That rushing sound. And now I've arrived at this sandy bottom of this hill where some power lines or telephone lines or something run through. So this is kind of big open uh, swath cut through the forest here. And this area looks like there's a lot of bikes, uh, sort of a, uh, you know, mountain bike area. A lot of tracks running down this hill underneath these power lines. It's no wonder those guys have to wear helmets, right? They don't want to zap your brains. But I'm finding this is kind of an interesting area. It looks like maybe people come down here to party or something because there's a, there's a re remnants of a huge bonfire over here. Um, finding some shotgun shells, things of that nature. Oh, this is maybe a couch that was burned or something. A lot of fibers, charred, fibrous remains. Or maybe it's a human body, I'm not, I can't tell. Nope, looks like a couch. But it's all sandy down here. This, this, uh, the trees are cut enough of the way um, to keep these high voltage uh, lines open and free of obstruction that you can kind of get a good view of this little valley here. Down in the center of it is that rushing rapids river. And uh, the trail that I was walking on kind of leads off in the other direction. But I, I think I might just head down this hill here toward the water kind of investigate what's down that way and eventually make my make my way back to the van. Now that I know of this place, maybe I can come out here and do some further explorations in the future. But for now, at the bottom of this sandy hill, I'm going to descend even further toward that river. Wish me luck. The sort of wild thing about... Uh, I know I've been talking about water a lot in this podcast because we're, I keep uh, sort of intersecting with streams and rivers and things. One of the crazy things about living out here in the UP, in this dense, rich, thick conifer forest with lots of rocks and um, stuff for water to flow down, is you do get these sometimes just uh, ferocious um, streams. And uh, I always think about trying to get... get um, you know, 
money flowing like that too. If you can, uh, if you can sort of um, get enough streams trickling down into the center uh, area, then eventually that turns into a torrent. And that's what I've been kind of trying to do with the entertainment stuff, whether it's through this podcast or trying my hand at stand-up comedy for the first time recently or the songwriting thing. I played a show last night at Zephyr Bar in Marquette on Front Street. That seemed to go well. There were some people there from out of town that used to live here that showed up to the show and brought some friends, so there was a nice little audience that sat and listened attentively through the whole through the whole show. My wife and uh, and some other friends came out to see it too. Uh, so, um, I also quit my job. Um, oh well, I've got a couple more months so they can find a replacement for me. But I put in my notice that I'm leaving my job. So um, I'm going to be figuring what else to do out. Um, figuring out what else to do. And uh, I don't know, man. Sometimes you got to make that decision even though you don't know what's on the other side of it and take a chance and um, try to make something happen with your your skill set and stuff. Okay, so now I'm down here. It's got real brambly down here. A lot of thorn bushes. A lot of uh, stout um, <clears throat> recent growth. Some nascent trees and stuff down here. It seems like an area that's really trying to thrive. There is a little bit of older growth uh, um, conifer stuff going on here, but um, we're getting closer to the river. Uh, There's a lot of uh, uneven ground down here. Probably the result of um, the river swelling and running through different parts of this low-lying area. I always liked this stuff. When I was a kid, I, I would just run around in areas like this next to water where it's all bumpy and uneven and it was a great place to pretend like you were a soldier diving into a a foxhole or behind some cover when the you know airplanes come swooping overhead strafing <laughs> I did a lot of that as a kid. I went through a cowboy phase and I also went through a I also went through a serious I'm a soldier phase running around in the woods with a stick. This sort of feels like that again. It's a good place to be. I'm approaching the um, that McClure uh, hi- uh, hydroelectric plant I was talking about earlier at the very beginning of this podcast. I'm just making my way through these thorn bushes here. But um, it's on the other side of the river, so I, don't, I won't be able to approach it proper. But um, I'm going to go look at it and see what I can see from this side of the river. BRB. Okay, here we are, right next to the river again. <clears throat> I guess it would really help. Maybe I'll do some research when I when I get back to the van. It'd probably help to know what river this was, because it seems broad. A lot of the rivers up here <clears throat> in the Upper Peninsula, um, they kind of flow in weird directions because they're not like going to a central place that's going south. Like a lot of them just flow into uh, the Great Lakes, you know. So. Um, you don't get these really big, broad, wide rivers like you do in the lower part of the Midwest, and particularly in the south as, like, the Mississippi broadens up and stuff. 
But every once in a while, you will come across a river that is quite broad. I don't know if this qualifies as a creek or a river. I think a river. Um, I don't know exactly what the distinction is. Oh, here's something interesting I just noticed. Um, it looks like we've got some beaver friends in the vicinity. There are some red berries down here. Wouldn't want to eat those. And this one tree looks like it's been being gnawed on by some pretty serious front teeth. It's chewed through about, God, I don't know, 75% of the way through this tree. Maybe, usually when you find one tree that's been beaver gnawed, you can uh, find a whole bunch of others, but I'm looking around and there doesn't seem to be any other trees in the immediate vicinity that have been chewed chewed through like this one has, but it's definitely those incisor, those front teeth. <laughs> some some little guy was really at task. I <clears throat> um, I went up to the Keweenaw with my wife um, one of the times we went up there and we went hiking on a place around these two long long uh, marshy ponds and we did we did see a great 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 big beaver dam probably the biggest one I've ever seen I grew up by creeks and stuff so you'd see them occasionally where I grew up but um, this one we saw up there was gigantic so I'd like to see a beaver in the wild sometime I, I've only I've only seen like muskrats and stuff swimming around but it would be cool to it'd be cool to encounter a beaver in the wild although I don't know what their temperament is like so sure wouldn't want to get bit by one because fuck that but this tree's interesting a lot of uh, a lot of gnawing going on here maybe if I walk a little further down the river we'll find we'll find some more evidence of the beave Justin Beaver I guess because uh there was only one tree that was being chewed by a beaver. You could say that that beaver had a one-night stand with that tree. It was just wham, bam, thank you, Stan. <laughs> that was just one and done. One and done. One beaver, one tree, getting it on. Then he jumps back in the river and floats rapidly away for good. Never to be seen or heard from again. And now we've arrived at this bend in the this Rapidy River. I guess it's the same one that was flowing by uh, where I parked my van, but um, here is something interesting. It looks like there's a creek that runs this direction and meets up right here sometimes with this river. But before you get to the river, there's sort of an embankment of hard jagged rocks and uh, so the it looks like the creek actually kind of flows in the direction that runs away from the river or maybe connects to the river at a different point around the bend well, that's kind of an interesting feature so rather than running into the river it's like an offshoot of the river that connects to a different part of it but it's definitely like a, a stream and in a in a tiny ravine sort of thing so that's kind of interesting it's full of full of kind of sizable 
jagged rocks and a lot of sand. And, um, yeah, this river is cool, man. Uh, directly across it, facing me, there's kind of a rock face just plunging right into the deeper part of the stream over there. And, man, this water is so red. If you go up to, um, if you go up to, like, uh, I think it's, what is it, Lake Independence or something up by the one outside of Big Bay, there's that um, river, Iron River. I guess the Yellow Dog flows into into that lake, and then when it comes out the other side, it's called the Iron River, and it goes between that little lake and um, and uh, Lake Superior, and the river that connects that is Iron River. A couple of summers ago, me and uh, my boys RJ and Johnny Letts uh, took a kayak down out to that wide beach out there. Maybe that'll be one of these podcasts once someday. Um, Although I'll have to put my recording equipment in a plastic bag and see how that works. But I love these low-lying, damp areas next to the river, particularly on kind of cloudy, cool days like today. It's just, uh, it's so dense, it, it almost feels like you're in a on a movie set or something like that. A lot of dry driftwood has piled up and accumulated down here where where the water was flowing before at a higher velocity and volume it's mossy and sandy down here and yeah just a lot of junk piled up here you can sometimes find interesting uh leftover either junk that's been thrown in the river or been caught when the river rises or something but most of the time it's just just plain old broken dead wood and sticks and things there's a beer can in here that one doesn't look old like those other ones I found looks newer like a Coors Light don't you love a Coors Light who doesn't love a Coors Light from time to time. Listen to that river run. Rushing, bubbling, gurgling. Running. Now I'm walking out to this little point here where the river takes a sharp turn and across across the way from me there's definitely a big old swirling swirlpool if you will <laughs> and uh, it's got a lot of yeah yeah it's uh, the river's flowing so fast that when it reaches that little bend it goes sharply in the other direction so it's, there's like this, this quite a little whirlpool over there a lot of foam and a lot of uh, detritus swirling around over there. Wouldn't want to get caught there in a on a uh, on a rowdier day. I love how sharp this river turns, man. It's like so a uh, hard turn. I guess that's what you get when you have when you have this sort of um un 
unbendable, un, uh, non-malleable rock that runs right down into the water. It's, it doesn't move around like earth or or uh, or even trees or something like that. It just stays and is steady, so water has to flow around it. So you get these just like wild curves and turns where the water can't can't push over, you know, a huge uh, hill of boulders, but the, all the rocks exposed there from when the river rises and washes away anything that's, that happens to be covering it. That's what I like about these these ones up here in the in the UP. It's not, they're not as um, they're a little edgier kinds of of rivers. Like they're just somehow a little more extreme or something than than these wide, gently flowing ones that you find in the in the heartland. I like both for different reasons, of course. And it's back to this super dark, dark uh, earth here. I don't know exactly what that you what, what that um, speaks to. It must be maybe that's the result of just years and years and years of like uh, needles on the on the floor of the forest, or maybe it's that and a mixture of sand and stuff. But it's always mossy, and the the ground, the earth, the actual physical ground beneath your feet is just so dark. It's almost it's almost peat like. Okay, I just <clears throat> scampered up this hill. I'm about 100 feet above the river. It's kind of a dramatic view from up here. There's uh, evidence of a fire here where somebody sat on this log. This would be a great place to camp, wouldn't it? Oh, look at that. Yeah, it looks like they had built a whole uh, section up here, probably for winter camping, I imagine. I want to try that someday. You go out with your buddies, you dig a deep hole in the snow, put your tent in there, dig another deep hole nearby in the snow, make a big old fire. Looks like some people put some some work into this little um, encampment here. And what a great spot to do it, right? Because uh, all this rock comes out to this point and you can stand or sit right here on this point on a log and just see this dramatic rushing water. It's kind of far away, but it's, you know, close enough where you can still hear the roar of it. This is a good spot. Maybe my new favorite spot. One good part about the practice of walking around in the woods by yourself is that it becomes quickly apparent, if you have any sense at all, that there's so much that you don't know, and I think that's a good life lesson to learn in general. Goddamn, the sooner the better. Um, but, you know, I've, I've never quite been an expert at anything. I know some things about, some things about, uh, rocks and, and trees and birds and things of that nature, but you really get struck with with how much you don't know, and I'm, I'm thinking, as I'm thinking about what I've been talking about on this hike, it's, you know, uh, immediately apparent to me, it's like, there's probably 15 people I can think of off the top of my head that know, are probably banging their head against the wall when they're listening to this, because they're like, no, that's, you know, you're not an expert, you don't, you don't know what you're talking about, but that's sort of part of the joy of this whole thing, is that, you know, as an amateur 
there's more to discover. And um, I love it. I've loved it ever since I was a kid. It's It gives you... Being alone and running around in, in relative wildness uh, gives you a kind of perspective that you can take back into the social world with you. And I think it gives you an advantage. So speaking of an advantage or vantage, I've now arrived to surprise back at the, the point where, the, I first had to, where I first lost the trail. Because I, I just spotted that towel that's hanging over the that's hanging over the river down there, but now I'm I'm up here on top of the cliff where I first got away from the river, and now it's all come full circle, baby. Isn't that something? Isn't that something? This is just convenient timing and everything. Good walk today. My phone is a uh, low on battery. Uh. It's nice this part of the trail because as you get back to sort of the this parking lot, the river really calms down and this is what I was kind of experiencing right at the beginning of the hike, that really calm but steady flow of the river. It calms down, you feel like you're kind of reaching some equilibrium again after this um, dramatic rush of the river and climb up a big hill stuff like that, like the trail just kind of evens out, the water slows down, there are a couple of, uh, you can hear a morning dove out there, there's a water bird, I don't know, what is that, a kingfisher maybe, I don't know, he's chirping, flying right, right above the, right above the river, just some interesting fowl out here, you know, and it's just calm and peaceful. And I'm about to get back to the van. What a nice walk this has been. I'm glad I discovered this. This podcast is just giving me great excuses to go exploring all of these places that I've been meaning to get off the trail. And even some stuff I didn't even know existed. So this is... This just gets better and better, doesn't it? What a day. Well... I hope to see you guys on the other side. Leave a leave a comment on the on the podcast and I'll tell my dog you said hi. And uh tell tell one friend about Davy Does Marquette. And let's try to grow the grow the show a little. Maybe I'll find a sponsor for this episode. And if I do, you'll have already heard their message to you. This is Davy Does Marquette. I'm your host, John Davy. Thanks for joining me on this walk today. Maybe this will inspire you to grab a buddy or two, or just yourself, and go find a new place to explore. See ya.